Yes, hello everybody and welcome to Full Course Yellow. It's that time of the week again. If you're joining us straight from Channel 31's In Pit Lane program, glad you could uh, glad you could join us. We've got uh, we've got a, we're missing a couple of people tonight, but we've got uh, some on on some on board. We've got uh, we've got Dave Stillwell is on his way to uh, to Morgan Park, I think, for the IPRA Nationals. We'll find out more about that when we uh, when Dave catches up with us. Chris is alongside us as well, and also we've got uh, Craig Dot Gladigo as well. So, good day, everyone. How are we? Pretty good, thanks, Brett. This is good, and uh, yes. Yeah, so let's uh, let's get underway and see what uh, see what we've got to talk about tonight. We'll just see. We've got a couple of comments already, so let's open up there. We've got uh, we've got Tony. We've got Tony there. Um, that that. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Mark is pointing out that the show apparently is still on. It did go mm. a little bit long. To, it did go a little bit long tonight, and we don't have Pete. Pete usually, Pete is usually our monitor of the uh, television program because he's the, he's the one who's got a television in the room with him, and he can put it on in the background. And uh, you're still muted, Doc. Cool. Yeah. No. Um. No. It's, it's a crocodile running around the shore. So it was, it was definitely not on still. Where? Where? Where are? Okay. That. That's it. Unless we've, we've morphed us into a crocodile. But anyway, thanks for thanks for joining us. If you're joining us, uh, once once again, uh, good day to uh, to Jeff as well, and also to uh, to Box Box Box. Good day to to all of you. So uh, let's find out what's happening. First of all, uh, Dave's popped up. Uh, Dave, where are you at the moment? Are you still in Melbourne or are you up in Queensland? I'm still in Melbourne, but I won't be 24 hours from now. Well, this is good. So it's, it's Morgan Park, isn't it, that they're running it? Yes. So this is the third year in a row they've attempted to get the uh, improved production nationals off the ground. COVID uh, nixed the 2020 and 2021 varietals, but the uh, 2022 nationals ago, uh, 50-odd cars from around Australia, um, all heading to Morgan Park, a track that doesn't favour any one particular type of car. So a really good opportunity to have great racing in both unders and over two litres with V8s, rotaries, turbo fours, um, a smattering of cars from all different uh, drivetrain configurations, all competing uh, to find out who will get to wear the number one for the next 12 months. I noticed uh, that Jordan Cox has entered uh, again this year as well. So uh, yeah, now we're very well known in TCR, of course, but you know, like made his name in improved production racing. So uh, he's he's entered. What about uh, some of the locals who raced last week down at Phillip Island? Uh, any of the the top guys there going up? Uh, well, the number one competitor I'd have to say would have to be uh, Paul Cruz with their S, uh, the Cruz brothers with their S13 Sylvia. Uh, that's an incredibly well-developed car and particularly suited to the variety that is uh, Morgan Park. Um, it's not a track that favours the big V8s like a Sandown or, or the Bend. Uh, a lot of constant radius corners, um, a turbocharged car, good at getting off the slower corners with the boost down low. Uh, definitely a, a car to watch from Victoria. But, uh, you know, the RX-7 of Zach Hudson, of course, who we've seen running in TCR, uh, and I believe you referred to Jordan incorrectly. I believe you, I would believe we're mandated by the rules of the internet. We need to refer to him as yes. YouTube sensation. YouTube sensation, yes. Trademark. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the, the, his, uh, his, his legendary uh, feats behind the, the wheel of that Honda Civic were... Uh, were just incredible, so uh, it's good to see him uh, still still in the world of improved production racing and the the, the racing. So uh, so Adam Poole, who won the championship down here, he's not a, he's not a part of the uh, not a part of that. No, unfortunately, the tight uh, tightness of the time frame between the last round of the Vic State Circuit Racing Championships and the uh, 
and the Nationals is just a little bit too tight for a number of Victorian competitors to uh, to enter. So a number of the Nationals representatives from Victoria didn't actually run at the last state round of the Vic State Series, which which is disappointing, uh, but it's just a function of the way the calendars work out. If you try to run the Nationals much later in the year at Queensland, it just becomes unbearably hot and you, know, you wouldn't get too many attracted from the southern states. Yeah, well, that seems to be a problem at the moment. I mean, well, as we say, welcome to uh, to Paul Van Der Hacker. Uh, good day, Paul. How are you? Um, let's. Uh, we've seen the Formula One calendar released. Now we've also got uh, tonight. Just as we go to air, we've got the World Endurance Championship calendar released. And I think it was uh, I think it was uh, Graham Goodwin from Daily Sports Car put in a you know an interesting uh, an interesting article in Daily Sports Car where he was pointing out that all of these extra dates that we've got for Formula One now basically means the days of trying to have, you know, free weekends, you know, for other things to happen. I mean, it's basically gone now, and that's pretty much the same here, you know, in Australia. I mean, like, you know, over the next few weeks, if you have a look at the calendar here, I mean, on the, the weeks we've got the uh, the MotoGP, there's something up at Winton that weekend. I think it was the day of historic Sandown. There's also another thing at Winton. There's a sprint meeting down at Phillip Isle. There's stuff happening happening everywhere, and you just can't sort of space out the calendar. It, and, of course, the big problem there, it's not so much for the... Uh, not so much for the competitors. The competitors will go where the competitors want to go, but it's it's having all the officials there to sort of, you know, to, to wave the flags and do all the important stuff that allows them to, to actually, you know, run these meetings. You won't find a disagreement from me on that one, Brent. Um, certainly one of the best ways to all of our fans that are listening locally and around the world, one of the best ways to enjoy your motorsport is right up and in your face. So find out where your local racetrack is, be it a circle track or a racetrack or a rally circuit or an off-road, and find out different ways you can get involved as a volunteer official. There's always uh, something that you can do um, to help make the sport a little bit safer, a little bit nicer, and a little bit more accessible. Yeah, I know they had a call out today for a couple of things coming up. The the Bend have got their big meeting. That's an interesting meeting coming up. They sort of got you know the the classic and the, some of their historics and also the uh, the TCR and all the ARG categories. A whole bunch of things happening uh, on a weekend coming up in the, towards the end of October. And they were sort of desperate today, saying, "Hey, please, we are we are desperately looking for for people to come down." I know like, when we went down to Baskerville, that was one of the things that they were they were struggling with as well because of the weather and a whole bunch of other things and uh, obviously they've got a very a much tighter a much smaller group of people to sort of pool to pick from down in Tasmania because I mean at least you know at places like Winton and perhaps even Wakefield when it's open and all the rest of it you you, you sometimes will get people going into state and you know making the trip and, and making a weekend of it but not so much for Tasmania because as we found out it's, uh, it's it can be pretty bloody expensive to get down there but um, there we've got uh, yes, twelve-hour relay is on at Winton this weekend. Oh, okay, that's yes, that's the Alfa Romeo Club. Uh, that's all. That's been going for a long time now. So that's happening this weekend. Also, I tell you what, something I only found out this was happening this weekend as well. You might be interested with the uh, with the MotoGP coming up. This weekend at the uh, Oakley Go Kart Club, there's the uh, the the mini uh, FIM uh, sort of junior cup for the mini which is happening on the on the go kart track there, and they're running on over three days. They've got the whole weekend booked out: Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm thinking of trying to get along perhaps on the Sunday and wave a camera around in in, in their general direction because that uh, that should be fun. That in the lead up to the Grand Prix, so. Uh 
Yeah, so that's that's happening as well. Um, Andrew's saying too many too many races that are relevant tracks, in his opinion. The, the problem is, I mean, yeah, well, it's easy for us to say yeah, it's irrelevant, but yeah, for the people who are racing, they don't see it as irrelevant at all. They see it as like really important and an opportunity to get out on the track. I'm sure the people up at Winton racing in the the twelve hour. I mean, they're not household names, but I'm sure they're going to have a fabulous weekend of of motorsport, and for for them, it's going to be very important. So. Uh, well, it's still the uh, end of school holidays for a lot of people in this in this uh, part of the world, so they'll be out there trying to make the most of it and uh, do some family, have some. Family yeah, life. don't I know it? I was I was out at Fountain Gate today, and you can yes, you can tell it's school holidays. That's for sure. But at least the roads are a little bit quieter because getting around's been easier. I'll give it that. So. Yes, that's it. Uh, Mark Goldsmith saying hello. G'day, g'day, Mark. I mean, Mark, I don't know if you're still up in Queensland. Mark sort of went from one extreme to another. He went down to Baskerville and raced the Elfin down at uh, down at Baskerville and then headed straight up for a holiday in Queensland. So from one extreme to the other weather-wise. Um, I finally picked up, you'll, you'll be pleased to know, Mark, I picked up the the tripod today. I went round to the, finally found time to get round to the Elfin Heritage Centre and uh, and pick up the tripod. So uh, thanks for uh, delivering it back safe and sound to us so we, we appreciate that and, uh, and to Bill Hemming Bill probably making his way back from Europe now for, unless uh, I think Spa was last weekend not sure but yeah but it might be this weekend but anyway there's the, Bill Hemming from the Elfin Revival Centre so yes yeah, so Mark's in uh, in Palm Valley which sounds very 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 nice thank you very much and probably well I was going to say much warmer than here but it's actually been quite a, not a bad day today so yeah Okay, let's have a look at um, let's have a look at some of the news that's coming around. It was announced officially today something we've known for a long, long time now, and that is the, uh, the Matt Payne has signed for Grove Racing in the uh, Supercars full time for next year. As I said, we've known for that, we've known about that. He was replacing Lee Holdsworth, of course. Dave Reynolds has also re-signed uh, with the team, so Dave Reynolds and Matt Payne will be the uh, drivers for for Grove Racing for next year. Um, knew about that much. I didn't sort of, you know, run with it because um, I sort of found out about it under false pretenses, although not deliberately. I was at a I was at a non-motorsport related event and met somebody who had no idea about the show and no idea what I did. And he sort of just pointed out that his company were very heavily involved in the world of supercar racing and, um, you know, and, and a team called Grove Racing, which had David Reynolds in and Lee Holdsworth, but he wouldn't be around next year because they're getting in this young kid from New Zealand. And, you know, so this was, this was way back in about, you know, late April, so... I thought I'm not going to run with it, but yes, it's obviously been on the cards forever. So, uh, so Matt Payne is uh, is going to take over. So he'll want to uh, he'll want to want to be good. He's been racing overseas and uh, in the uh, World Endurance Championship and the European Le Mans Series and a few things like that. So he's uh, coming back and uh, will coming back to race full time in in supercars. So another another Kiwi driver, and he'll probably be bloody quick as well. So, uh, so that's coming up. Speaking of quick Kiwis, Shane Van Gisbergen, second in class, behind his uh, compatriot Hayden Padden in the uh, in in the uh, rally first day of Rally New Zealand that kicked off today, and in the WRC two class, Hayden Padden in the Hyundai was the fastest, but Shane Van Gisbergen second fastest, just ahead of Harry Bates, the Australian there. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so that's happening over the weekend. So yeah, that'll be. Uh, 
that'll be good if you happen to have an opportunity to watch that. I think that's uh, exclusive on Stan Sport now, which is a bit of a shame. But uh, yeah, you can't. Uh, so if you want, but you want to see that, that's happening in uh, in decent hours. There. Uh, what else have we got uh, to talk about? Yes, uh, French star Teddy, Terry Claret uh, racing at Bathurst. So Bathurst International. There'll be no S five thousands, but there will be there will be a French TCR driver, and he's a former French champion, uh, very experienced. So he'll add a little bit of a uh, little bit of colour and movement Tout, to that. Bathurst uh, is the first international signing too, so it might be more than just uh, him. Yeah, I know that was the that was always the idea, wasn't it? And uh, to get people in. Speaking of uh, AR, ARG as well, um, Matt Matt Braid, who was um, in charge the CEO, he um, yeah, he's sort of moved aside now. He's he's now he's going to stay on in an advisory capacity, but they're sort of and they're dropping the CEO uh, thing completely. And Liam Kirkpatrick, who's been you know involved in, and his father also involved for many many years in that that level of of racing and back in the days of you know the, the Nations Cup and all sorts of things, he's been around a long time. So he's taking basically over that role under the Chief Operating Officer title. So it's just you know, it's a new a new title for probably a lot of the same sorts of a uh, lot of the same sorts of things, but yeah, he's got uh, he's got some things to worry about, including the S five thousand, which will not, as we said, I think last week, will not race at Bathurst because of uh, safety reasons. And this week, I don't know what does everybody think of this. As S five thousand this week have announced that they're going to run a pro am class. Now, what does everybody think of that? Yeah, Dave, you got any? Uh, what do you think of that? Um, I think it's certainly Chris Lambden and the team at ARG need to find different ways of attracting participation on track. Uh, and one of the ways that they can do that is offer this as an alternative, you know, to the GD3 Cup Challenge and the Australian GT sort of that level of uh, gentleman racer. You know, if we hark back to the you know, the 1950s and the 60s and the 70s, you know, the heyday of the Australian gold star, quite a large amount of the participation in that level of open wheeler racing. And it was indeed at that point that open wheeler racing became a thing because, you know, the Australian Grand Prix uh, often was for both what we would now see as sports cars and open wheelers. So I think... The problem with that, though, silly, is uh, they're not going to be eligible for the gold star. They're separating the categories. Well... As I was saying, Doc, if, if, your, if your category harkens back to that heyday period of open wheel racing and, shall we say, a more gentlemanly approach to the sport, and if you're you know, pulling on the heartstrings with a Tasman series or a Tasman Cup, something Tasman-esque, you know, one of the things that you can do to attract uh, different interest in the category or in that level of racing is to offer opportunities to people that like, you know, big, fast, scary open wheel cars you know, oh, I, agree with a, I agree with huge, with the uh, concept. a huge swell of i'm just saying you're not yeah, going to be a um, swell of participation in you know the the historic version of s5000 the formula 5000s even someone like kenny smith from new zealand i mean i'd love to see how he goes in, s, in an s5000 he's well into his 80s and he's still competitive in open wheeler racing so age is no barrier 
the the thing the thing about it is though I think that they've I think the problem with S five thousand now is I think it's I think they're confused I think they've always been a little confused as to what the hell this is supposed to be I mean is it you know is it a nostalgia push for you know people of my generation who grew up with Formula five thousands and obviously loved them is it a is it a glorif- is it becoming a glorified track car day where you know track day car sort of um, where you you get sort of you know you dumb it down to the point where it's 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 got to be it's got to be kept drivable and safe for for the pro ams and for the amateurs. I mean, it's running for the cams gold star. And I know they're running in separate categories and all the rest of it, but it doesn't inspire me. Sort of, you know, like if I was looking at it as the top level of open wheel racing in Australia, if half the field is made up of fifty year, fifty year old businessmen who you know longing are longing for the for the romance of Formula Five Thousand days rather than, you know, really, you know, what it should be, which is, you know, the best young talent in Australia fighting tooth and nail for the most prestigious prize in Australian motorsport, which is, well, should be the Australian Drivers' Championship. Well, that's why they've done what they've done is they've created the two categories now within the category to create interest elsewhere because it's just been open slather up until now. So anyone's been able to do it, they've got eligible to drive the machine. Now they're saying, right, there's the Pro-Am category, now there's the Gold Scar Scar category. So therefore, we'd love anyone still to enter it, but you've got this to aim for it if you're just uh, going out for a gentlemanly driver, still, he said, or you're a young rookie that has uh, got his his points under his belt and able to uh, flick it around. So, or if you're like a, as we know, a a John Martin or um, or or a Timmy, Timmy, who owns his own car, you, you're going to be going for the peak of it. You're going to be going for the, you know, for the gold star that has been resurrected since they, they brought the category back in it. So th- that's what they're trying to pitch it at now, I think, is trying to attract everyone. But now, yes, you're still going to get a trophy. You're in this particular thing, and there's going to be prize money separately for both years now. I think what Paul's saying there, I'm, I'm of the same. I'm of the same opinion of, as Paul. Everybody, like I was amazed when they, you know, when they were said they were going to. I think we we interviewed, you know, during the pandemic. I got you know, during one of the breaks in the lockdown. I went out and I spoke to Chris Lambden out at uh, out of Ball and Engineering at the time. We spoke about the future of the category, and one of the things he said was, "We we we're, we're going to race at Bathurst. We want to race at Bathurst." And I thought, "Yeah, that's never going to happen." Then I spoke to Eugene Rocker out at Sandown and Eugene said yes I, we, we, we really want it to happen we think this is really exciting and so I thought they can't be serious well they were serious and yeah I think you know I think they dodged a bullet there there were a couple of really really potentially big accidents there that um the, 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 those those cars are not suitable to Bathurst they are just I don't think any open well I get worried when I saw the Formula V's running at Mount Panorama let alone S5000s so you know, so what do, what do we do with them now? I mean, the other the other confusing thing is we've got a Cam's Gold Star, which is sort of you know done and dusted now, and they they cancelled at least one round, if not a couple of rounds there. Then they've got this so-called Tasman Series, which is now at this stage down to two races, um, because they've lost the um, because they lost the Bathurst the Bathurst race. Now what I'm what I'm hearing, sort of nothing official, but what I'm hearing is that that round might be replaced with a possible race at Ireland Magic. That's what's happened with um with the, the with the Porsches, the the GT Cup, GT3 Cup. 
they're going to run it to Island Magic as part of uh, part of that meeting. And I believe that one of the solutions to uh, getting a third round of the uh, getting a third round of the S five thousands in is to race them down at Island Magic as well. So uh, that would make Island Magic even a even a bigger thing. I mean, if you've got you know all of even the all magical? of the even more magical, yes, it would be absolutely. Uh, it would be it would be otherworldly in terms of its uh, in terms of its magic because you'd have all the once again you'd have all of the all the locals you know turning up who, who were going to who were going to make it you know, sort of their big end of year celebration and then you've got the Porsches as well and you may have S five thousand on the card as well so that'd be uh, so that'd be fantastic if that happens. Just to I don't want to put a line in the sand with it, but I was recently lucky enough to be over at uh, GRM in Dandenong a, a few weeks ago and, and got an extensive exclusive and at Hollinger a few weeks before that in fact. So Hollinger do a lot of the uh mechanicals a lot of the base work on the, the gearboxes and the um some of the castings there on them on them and, and i was there with grm with some um, notable people that actually race at the moment in tcr and, and engineers there on the particular evening so look the feeling i've got and and we all know that uh, you know brett myself and silly and a few people that are in the know in the sport as well so you're looking at it approximately about $15,000 a weekend, between fifteen dollars to $20,000 a weekend to put these cars on the track and put some rubber around them and, and you know, pay your fees and cover all your costs for it, et cetera, like that, your garage, blah, blah, blah. So you've got that particular base fee, fifteen dollars to $20,000. So that's what people have been coming, you know, sometimes they've been struggling to find numbers as well, though, too, in the past two or three years, despite the problems we have with some track time because we're in lockdown or whatever like that. They made in they, what they have to do is probably the management and they have to say, right, next year, 2023, we are going to have four to five races or, and, and I, mean, I mean, decide on four to five venues and lock them in and say, we are definitely racing at these. This is where they are. This is what the dates are. This is what the tracks are. This, this is how, and um, whether it be, I'm sure Gary's open this, Gary and Barry and the guys or whoever it is. You will be able to lease the car for this amount of particular uh, amount for whole four races, and you will get our un unworldly support from us. That way, it locks in a driver for the whole year and to race it, and it gives some certainty to themselves, the team that are behind them, and also the track and the numbers they're going to have. Because otherwise, they're just going to be dancing around again next year between, oh, are we racing here or are we racing there? Who's driving here? We haven't found it. We, we've only got seven cars running at this, this venue. This one we've got 12 at. If they don't give some certainty and some um, planning, you're just going to have people that are just going to be jumping in the seat at the last minute because most of the minute. cars are leased. I think, as we know, Tim Macro owns one, and I think there's one more owned, and the rest of them are all leased out for each particular event. Well, half the field is made up of cars that you know Gary and and Barry run themselves. I mean, and put and have drivers in them. So, uh, so they've obviously got to find you know, ways of getting people in. But yeah, I think that that's one of the things. I think they've got to you know, decide what they want to call this thing. I think the whole thing about having a Tasman series once again very. Uh, it's very romantic to bring back the name of the Tasman series, but until we can actually have races in New Zealand, then they should be dropping the Tasman name because you know three races in Australia, two races in Australia, whatever. 
is not the Tasman series. The Tasman series is, you know, two or three races in New Zealand, two or three races in Australia. They should just concentrate on the Cam's Gold Star. They've obviously lost the Grand Prix. They're not going to get back to Albert Park, unfortunately. So they've got to find some, you know, some a, a few big races. I mean, they're going to race at, you know, they're going to race at the Gold Coast. They're going to race at, uh, they're going to race at Adelaide at the end of the the year. I think they need to sort of try and concentrate on that, try and do some sort of deal with supercars so they can get on those really those blue ribboned events you know next year all the street events basically things like you know start off at Newcastle you know perhaps have their weekend down at Simmons Plains that seemed to go quite well just pick out you know as you say five or six maximum races spread over the year so there's plenty of time between races so they've got time to you know repair any damage and to you know save a bit of money and prepare for the next one and make the, and make each race like really stand alone mean something I mean, they went when they started out. They had, you know, they were calling that, you know, we had the John McCormick Cup and the Alfredo Costanzo Cup. Let's really push that sort of thing up. Let's make them, you know, really big standalone races. And they only happen, say, five or six times a year. At this stage, that's more than enough because they can't sustain them for any more uh, any more races than that. And as you said, Brett, high, high public participation. In other words, pick the ones out that are going to have huge attendance and we'll rave about it. Yeah, I, I also think they need to. I, I think this obsession about making them sort of slide around and having low aero and really hard tyres that last for you know, a whole—that's all well and good. But I, I, I don't think that does anybody any favours in the long run. I think they should. Uh, I think they should uh, concentrate on saying, "Hey, these things are the fastest race cars in Australia. Let's celebrate that. Let's." Uh, you know, even if they've got to drop the power a little bit, like, let's have some, you know, let's have some decent aero because that's one of the things Rubens Barrichello said to us, you know, like not during the interview, but after the interview, when we asked him about sort of his, you know, his son, whether he'd like to see his son get behind the wheel of one of them. He went, oh, oh no, no, it was like, you know, I, I, had, I had a great time. I think they're great fun, marvellous things, but... My son, no, no, I don't think this is a good place for young drivers to to be in because they they're just so totally foreign to everything. You know, he said there was no, they were not analogous in any way to something like Indy Lights or even an Indy car because they were just they were just sliding because they slide all over the place and it's fun to just, watch. But just to, uh, Brett, just briefly uh, touched on what Box 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 has brought up down there. That Brett has brought up on the lower third. Uh, yes, they did turn them down. I think it was what eighty percent. Don't quote me on that. But they're going to um, they're going to let them have an update for you know further furthermore they're going to and it's well renowned now box 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 they're going to let them run for parade laps or some semi qualifying laps let them have a run around at a hundred percent so you know, hopefully they'll give themselves some uh, qualifying room and um, just have a bit of a spin and a bit of fun there at at. Bathurst, but it depends on. Well, they'll, they'll obviously send them out like with the best drivers, with people like Timmy McRow and um, or, oh, wow. or James Golding or John Martin or somebody like that. Um, somebody who's like you know they can say, okay, we can trust you to get out. They'll be out there. They won't be racing. They'll be out there doing exhibition laps. So everyone will keep their distance, but you know away from each other. And they'll just say, okay, let's go out and see what they actually can do. I think they want to. I think they want to find out. You know what is the potential of these things around Bathurst? I mean, how far? can they go but once again I, I just like to see them just take some of the restrictions off the aero and because everybody we've spoken to have said like how really hard these things are to drive to drive fast Tom Randall has said it um uh, uh, 
Lewis Leeds, uh, uh, Joey Mawson, they've all said, oh, yeah, they're a real handful because the tyres are really hard and, and Nathan, there's not a lot of aero. Nathan told us in the studio on one of our shows as well too was, yep, yeah, I think I think that's it. I think it would be much better if they they had a, they were a bit more like a, a modern race car and they they stuck they stuck well in the corners and you know and they they had a bit of better. Okay, it's going to cost them more in rubber if they if they've got to change tyres every every race. It's going to cost them a lot more. But those things they're running on now, I mean, are, are like concrete. You know, they only come on they only come on song about you know sort of in the last three or four laps of a fifteen lap race. That's and, and yeah, there you go. For example, um. Timmy Timmy Macro said that when he was doing the initial testing down at Phillip Island, when he was the only one racing around him, one that uh, it, it took you know he had to put a lot of effort into getting those tyres on song, and so that's always been uh, prevalent. Anyway, that's good. I, I'm just really, really passionate. I would love to see, you know, like I'm a big open wheel fan, of course, and I would really like to see open wheelers, you know, come back to, to some sort of level of support in Australia. But perhaps we perhaps we might be faced with the situation that, you know, like uh, open wheelers are just not for this country, for whatever. You know, the, the supercar obsession is just so great that uh, there's really no point. If, if you want to race, if you want to race open wheelers, you can jump out of carts and you get into Formula Ford. And then if you want to, if you want to race open wheelers, you get the hell out of Australia as quickly as possible, as we've seen with people like Christian Mansell and, you know, Oscar Piastri and Alex Peroni and all of those people who have just, you know, and Hugh Barter. I mean, Hugh, Hugh has never never done any sort of real racing at a top level in, in Australian circuit racing. He basically went from carts and went straight overseas and is now doing really well, of course, in Formula 4 and hopefully next year we'll uh, make a step up from there as well. Well, unfortunately, well, I guess the unfortunate news that came out this week was that um, there might be a whole series worth of Formula 3 regional specification cars uh, coming up at a bargain price on a motorsport, yes. uh, motorsport um, liquidator near you, if, if the reports are to be believed about the W Series. Yes, it's got its uh, A1, A1 Grand Prix revisited. Um, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, the, the story's coming out of uh, coming out of the United Kingdom and getting you know, mainstream media over there is that the W Series probably won't fill all of their rounds this year, and that they've got you know, major financial problems, and uh, you may probably won't be back next year, which which would be a shame. I mean, it it started for all the right reasons, but I think the the real I think the realistic you know. I think realism has struck because uh, you had you know Stefano Domenicali sort of coming out and saying that even if somebody wins the like somebody like Jamie Chadwick, the chances of them getting into Formula One were still very very slim, and at best he couldn't see any young women coming through that that series getting into Formula One for another five to six years if everything went absolutely perfectly and they got all the super licence points and they were really dominant and won championships in Formula Two and Formula... You know, I think they sort of realised that this this idea that you know, they were going to jump out or they'd be discovered and jump into Formula One is just clearly not going to happen. So it's a shame. The racing was probably, pretty good. Yeah, probably echoes some of the comments from some of the other high-profile... Uh, female racers who said, you know, anything that brings attention to women in the sport is a good thing, but they queried whether, you know, the cash injection that was necessary to start up a whole new series, you know, with the logistical efforts and the PR and the marketing and everything, could that injection of funds have been better used to 
you know, put together a program that put three, four or five, you know, female drivers into high profile, well-funded, well-resourced programs in your, you know, Formula Regional, in your Formula 3, in your Indy Lights, in your Indy Pro 2000, you know, all of those stepping stone series, you know, even an, an event in, say, um, a Super Formula in in Japan, you know, finding different ways to promote women at the same level in the same series as 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 all the other drivers compete in. Well, well, well that, you might be onto something there. Is if if they were to be um, the money was redirected and in a greater and more uh, chiselled way, you also might find that uh, everyone might be able to learn a little bit on whether it be it doesn't matter whether they're man, woman, or child, or, or you know any any sort of mammal which way is a, a good learning tool to get a stepping stone the best way to get to formula one whereas like you put this particular girl in that category okay that went well but you know she did really you know it didn't really strengthen this particular part of their aspect of their driving or the teams or something like that or on the avenues you know which the doors were shut quickly whereas something else in another country driving that uh, yes open up a better a lot of doors so it could be a learning experience for everybody not just the drivers they've also yeah, I, I yep. think regardless of what what direction that energy for diversity in sport goes, you know, it's got to make sense on three levels. It has to make sense financially. There's got to be good, strong, and long term backing of a program so that it can meet its aims. It has to make sense from a sporting perspective, as in this has to be legitimate. It has to be, you know, as part of a pathway to a chosen career in the sport, you know, it has to be amongst, you know, with good teams, well-resourced teams. And it also has to make sense from a media and a publicity and a, and a political sense. So it has to engage with, you know, we've seen the FIA girls on track program, you know, and the women and women of Australian motorsport programs where it's, you know, it's not just about driving the car. It's about, you know, promoting, uh, activation of female talent in STEM, in, you know, science, technology, um, engineering, and mathematics. It's about you know fostering all types of female participation in the sport, be it um, you know behind the wheel, running a laptop, mechanics, media, um, sport administration. So that's why you know there is no right or wrong answer to how to build diversity and engagement in the sport. But there are, you know, consequences for doing things in certain ways, and I think what we're seeing now is that, with the best of intentions, when um, the the woman who's helped set up the series in conjunction with David Coulthard escapes my name, uh, escapes my brain at the moment, but you know this was one way of promoting, you know, um, you know serious female races at a serious racing level. Um, I think we're starting to see, you know, if you don't have all those boxes ticked. You know, you know that you don't have that longevity in the program. Whereas, if the program looked something similar to, you know, one of the Red Bull programs where it's multidiscipline, it's multi-level, and it's you know it's about promoting the personality, engaging with you know brands and and sports and venues and activities that resonate with you know the general populace and the and the fan base, and then elevating that person through multiple levels, you know, so that at the same time that you know, the, the the driver or the engineer or whoever it is develops and grows in the sport, so too does the fan base that gets to experience that that promotion and recognition of that talent through the sport. Yeah, well, we've seen how you know, how important it's becoming in the sport of cricket with the, the involvement of, of women and the growth of women's cricket. I mean, they're, they're saying that, you know, the... 
the crowds that at, at, at all cricket nowadays is you know, the, the number of young young women and young girls who are coming along to watch you know, all forms of cricket, both the men's and the women's, has you know, grown substantially because, as they say, you can't aspire to what you can't see. And if they if there are young girls out there and they see sort of you know stars out there and they see. You know, young women winning races, which they nearly did on the um, weekend of the European Le Mans series. Yet again, the so-called Iron Dames team. Uh, they've there's there's no sort of you know special special treatment for them. They're winning and and performing well on their merit, and uh, they 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 finished second in class again in GTE. So they've done well all year. They did, I think they did one, win one round at some stage, but they've uh, they've done very very well over the. And also, there's a young uh, the winner of the Formula Three regional uh, competition in Japan this year is a young woman as well. So yeah, so it can be done, but it's just you know getting up to. Perhaps this obsession with getting to Formula One needs to be and say, hey, look, you know, just you, if if you don't make Formula One, it doesn't mean you're a failure. I mean, if you if you make the World Endurance Championship or if you make IndyCar or if you make you know the World Rally Championship or whatever it is, you know, if if you're making a career and a, and a good career out of being a professional racing driver and actually winning races, then that's pretty good. You don't necessarily have to race Formula One, and you know. Now that's true of both men and women, I think. Well, anyway, Formula One, has, Formula One has proven to be a really great uh, ladder to the World Endurance Championship, hasn't it? It has. They're doing, and I think I think that will possibly continue. Perhaps, uh, perhaps even next year. I mean, uh, let's let's see. There's we still uh, we've seen a couple of signings. Uh, uh, one new Jow or Jow one new or whatever the way you you run it. Uh, he's been re-signed with Alfa Romeo. So really now there's really only three opportunities left for for Dan Ricardo with Haas, Alpine, and uh, and Williams. Uh, and Nick DeVries is still a small spot available as as the understudy at, at uh, Mercedes. And now Lewis Hamilton is putting his hand up and saying, uh, perhaps because of the, perhaps this is something that they've used sort of to give you know, to, to motivate Lewis a bit more to sort of say, yeah, like, well, you know, perhaps Lewis is saying, oh, yeah, I don't know, I'll, 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 I'll think about it, I'll see how I feel at the end of the year. And I think they might have said, well, you know, like Dan Ricardo might be available and they're going, oh. oh the and if they put him in Yeah, hang on a second. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I, I'm, I, I, I want. I'm, I'm happy to race for even if we don't win anything this year. I'm happy to race for another two or three oh, years. I'm loving this. Oh, it's my reputation for it all. Boom, boom. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's yeah. all. Well, of course, yeah. What, what if in Daniel a year or two, we've out? also got Audi entering into F1 too. Yes, and that'll be interesting to see which way they come in and sort of uh, I think that the interesting thing is the rumour going round is that they're very, very whoever they go with and however they get into Formula One, they've uh, they've said from from a, a company perspective, they're very, very keen to have an all German driver lineup and they they would be very, very keen to have the name Schumacher associated with said driver lineup. So 
but that's you know, it's a while off. But you, you know that Audi, I mean, because of their incredible success in every swarm of motorsport that they've done in the past sort of, you know, couple of decades, I mean, from the World Rally Championship and the Quattro through to the extraordinary run that they had at Le Mans with the R8 and the R10 and going through until, uh, until they pulled out of that series, from even IMSA and Trans Am in the United States, everything that they've got involved with in the main They've eventually they've eventually won it and done well in, and I don't think Formula One will be any will be any different. So uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Just quickly, we're uh, we're sort of running uh, we're running out of time. Let's have a look. Two wheels, a big a big week as we said on the show tonight. Uh, a great weekend for uh, for Jack Miller, and it's it's coming out increasingly. Sort of you know in our lower third that we were running before. I'll bring that back up again. But Jack in an interview has basically said that it's um yeah at the end of the day he felt that he was always you know on a hard wicket at at. Uh, Batting on a hard wicket at uh, Ducati because he said it's a, it's very much an Italian team with an Italian crew and an Italian mindset and an Italian language and he said he really did feel he said you know he wasn't made to feel unwelcome but he just felt that he was always the outsider and that was always that was always going to be di- that was always making things a bit difficult for him so I think now that the pressure's off he's got somewhere to go he can sort of say you know I don't care anymore and he's just going out and racing and having fun and we saw what happened on the weekend because he he, he dominated just um on that note yeah well i mean look if and, you know if it's not your home team and you haven't got your whole sport remember when valentino rossi obviously had jeremy around with him at, at all stages so i mean he had that level of comfort around him as, as it is an engineer at least very much i mean so jack's never probably had uh you know veggie mite and toast sitting next to him and cornflakes for breakfast all the time however um i'd like it um a, a chat with Casey Stoner one day and see how he felt because he would have been in a similar situation when he was at Ducati. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, because it yeah, didn't seem to affect him too badly. It didn't affect him. I mean, he was winning races. I mean, Jack's won a few races as well though too. I mean, so performance-wise, I'm sure that they uh, are lovingly giving him some flowers and chocolates and goodbyes. Um, I don't think there would have been any ill feeling. I think it's probably just the way Jack feels because it's not as naturally at home as say as a European rider would be with you know with a particular team that has its links to its its heritage so I mean we don't unfortunately we don't have too many bikes around they're actually Australian made they're either Japanese or the European in the that in, in they're in the in the gold classes whether it be Moto 2 Moto 3 or the or the main category so yeah I, I wouldn't mind Casey's opinion on how he felt because there's never been anything about how uh, outspoken from Casey or Ducati saying his time there was, you know, never felt uncomfortable, but as you said, Brett. But uh, look, Mark Marquez is uh, saying that um, he's going to see how he feels. His arm wasn't up to scratch at the last at the last meeting over there in Japan, and uh, they're obviously over and doing some tie time this week. And and yeah, there's um, there's only just a few a few of the riders are going through their paces now. And the and the weather forecast is for tropical storms right throughout the weekend. So Jack, Jack we know is 
Yeah, Jack, Jack, we know, likes the wet weather. He might get lots and lots of it. And, and storms are sort of the, the, the thing at the moment because the, the big hurricane that has hit uh, the Hurricane Ian, which has hit in, in Florida, the, uh, the outskirts of that are now heading towards uh, Atlanta, the southern parts of America. And, of course, this weekend, Road Atlanta's playing host to the Petit Le Mans. And uh, the, the, the forecast for the days of the Petit Le Mans is heavy rain and, and wind there as well. So we've got tropical storms storms in the US, tropical storms happening in Thailand. Uh, the, but uh, yeah, certainly if it's wet at uh, wet at Thailand, that perhaps that's yeah, that's that's something that Jack would uh, not oh, be. Uh, yeah, he, he would not be too disappointed. And yeah, you know, just imagine as as we said on Tuesday, you know, imagine the crowd that they're going to get at uh, at Phillip Island. You know, even even though everyone's only I've got people have got nowhere to stay down there. Um, um, just imagine the crowd that they're going to get. And incidentally, you might have seen the. Are your backyards up for Airbnb, isn't it, Brett? You can you got room for two or three tents, I think. Yeah, I got room for I got room for a couple of tents in the back. So I mean, I'm a bit I'm a bit closer than Melbourne, but not much. But um, I was going to say I could, I, I'm I've got I'm mine's taken up by car space, so they'll have to sleep in the back of the ute. They can sleep in the back of the ute. That's all right. I'm sure they won't. Sure, they won't mind. But yeah, I've seen some opportunities down there for sort of yeah for a lot of Airbnb and anybody that's got a spare room down in the Phillip Island, San Remo, Wonthaggy area, or something like that. Back. The Bass Coast will be whole uh, Bass Coast. We'll, we'll get a whole boom out of it, Brett. Because I mean, you've got there's some beautiful wineries. I've been to a couple of those, so there's some great tasting opportunities there. Some bed and breakfasts, like you said. The whole Bass Coast region is going to be absolutely going to reap the benefits. I think of this bit to a certain extent, because people will say, right, and well, I, you know, I, I can't camp there, and I can't I live in uh, say Wood End. Um, you know, and that's two and a half hours away now through Melbourne, even on a quiet day. Um, well, let's, I'd rather be 45 minutes away from the, the track than, you know, two and a half hours away. And I'll spend, you know, between two or three of us, we could spend a couple hundred bucks and get, um, and, and put our own Vegemite or jam on toast. So, yeah, I, I think the region might, you know, benefit from the, from a little bit, you know, even as far as maybe Wonthaggy, uh, all the Basque Coast region. Yeah, Wonthaggy's only sort of half an hour away because you know, like I come from Wonthaggy, and that's it. Really, is very close to to, to Phillip Island. Um, Kilcunda will be totally booked out. There's not, you know, there's a caravan park in the hotel at Kilcunda, but they'd be they'd be completely built, booked out. And there's not a huge amount at Wonthaggy, but you could go around. There's the the big uh, RACV. Uh, resort complex. If you want to, you know, if you want to sell a kidney, um, you could go to the resort complex down at Cape Patterson. I mean, I can't believe there's <laughs> that huge resort there now. That's, that's where I used to go surfing when I was like 14 years old. Even there, and there was nothing there. There was a there was a milk bar and a service station and and a pub, and that was about it. Um, but now it's <laughs> everyone's been focusing on these Optus hacks and how easy it is to to uh, uh this day uh, obviously derive information from the internet uh, from the uh, from obviously google etc like that i wouldn't mind betting that a few people have got their phones or their tablets or whatever their device out in the last couple of weeks it's this uh announcement that from the moto gp corporation there'll be a, no camping i wouldn't mind people be googling camping bass coast region phillip island and they'd be looking at the, the closest free spots you can go there on government land 
and pitch a tent nearby. Well, that's the that's the problem. There's really nothing anymore. I mean, because we used to you know, we used to camp like all over. We used to go every school holiday. We'd camp and one thing. You just go down to the wreck or Eagles Nest or Cape Patterson or oh, yeah. the mouth of the Powlett, and you would just yeah you would just throw it throw a tent in there. You'd find somewhere a bit sheltered in the tea trees. You'd go in there. You'd throw the tent down. You'd be there for a week or so, and there was no problem. You can't do that nowadays. The same with we used to camp at Phillip Island too at Woolamai. We'd, we'd go down there sometimes for a break. You'd go to Woolamai for a few days or a weekend, and you just you just find a quiet spot and throw a tent down. I and you can't really. Anaconda's had a little bit of a boost in sales, and I reckon there'll be a few extra swags that'll be thrown out there on Crown land, left, right, centre down there. Actually, if you look, if you if it's a good time, if you're looking for a swag, I don't know what they look, but Aldi have got a Aldi have got a sale on at the moment. <laughs> they've got a they've got a really good looking big swag for about I think it's about ninety nine dollars or something. It looks yeah, looks pretty good. So uh, yeah, yeah. You know, if, it, if the weather turns out to be warm, there's going to be backlash about the ground being fine to be camping on anyway. But yeah, you know, you're only going to get a nice 20, 22, 25 degree day down there. The, the, you know, it'll still drop around 10 or degrees and maybe a little bit less. But I wouldn't be surprised that people go, oh, bugger this. Let's just take this. I've already owned a swag. Let's just find somewhere down there out of harm's way where the, pl- the authorities aren't going to do it. We'll just sleep. If you're going down there too, the uh, the Australian Grand Prix Corporation are advertising. They're going to have a yeah. They've got the, the, the you've had the big Barry Sheen ride uh, going down there for many years, but they're going to have a ride with Jack Miller and Remy Gardner um, riding down on Wednesday. So if you want to go there, even if you come back, even if you just want to be a part of be a part of that, to jump on your bike and head down to uh, head down to Phillip Island alongside uh, Remy and, and Jack. Wednesday, so I might have to dust off the uh, quacker. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, that's uh, that's that's all coming up. Where does that originate from? Uh, look, I'm not sure. I haven't seen the details. I just saw that yeah, that's going to happen on the Wednesday. So whether that happens from. Uh, from Melbourne, or whether that happens somewhere down here, but I think uh, I, th- yeah, find out about that. But yeah, they're going. They are going to have a, a ride on the Wednesday down there for the, for both Jack and uh, also Jack and and Remy as well. And I'm sure there'll be a few familiar faces as you as you've seen in the past, and as you well know, Doc. I mean, you've been involved with that ride, sort of launching at the um, launching from Cranbourne. Uh, so I'm and I imagine that's on again this. Uh, this year as well, but uh, the the mm. the main one they're advertising at the moment is the one down to uh, well, uh, Steve, on the Wednesday. Steve, uh, good friend of the show, Steve Clay Richards, the whole Richards family, and of course General and Jim. Uh, Steve and Richard used to uh, do the Barry Sheen ride quite regularly as well too. And uh, we actually said that when uh, Clay was on the show a couple of years ago, when Stephen was accompanying, um, just to, you know, Clay's big enough and ugly enough to look after himself these days. Hi, hi, Richards. Family, because uh, I, I keep up with uh, their posts quite regularly. Stephen and I said we were going to do the Barry Sheen ride together one year, even if I had to lend him one of my bikes. So uh, he didn't have one at the time, but uh, Stephen's got a, a license and loves doing the Barry Sheen ride. So I'll have to look up there. Um, yeah, so there's a few. There's a few of them go down there. Craig Lowndes, is just, I know Lowndes has done it. Uh, Neil Crompton's done it. There's been a few people, a few sort of people on the four wheel side of it who have uh, jumped on there, and certainly Steve's been been one of them. Okay, um, now coming up this week on In Pit Lane, we'll have the big preview for the Bathurst 1000. I uh, don't have a guest lined up yet. We're also, as I said on the show on
on Tuesday, when we recorded it Tuesday, and we said last t- tonight, we, we have been contacting the uh, Australian Grand Prix Corporation to see if we can, and Motorcycling Australia, to see if we can get someone on to preview the uh, the MotoGP. But once again, in both cases, they, they haven't got back to us. So whether we get anybody, I mean, we're uh, it's one of those things. I mean, as I said before, you've got a primetime Melbourne-based television show talking about motorsport, and the people who are doing the motorsport don't want to appear on it. So there's nothing we can do about it. So um, yeah, we might. Yeah, who knows? This this coming this coming Thursday night uh, next week, we might be talking. Uh, we might be talking about the the trade situation in the footy and um, and what's going to happen in the the T20 World Cup. Who knows? Uh, Brad Scott's been sacked as Essendon coach already. There you go. He's only been, <laughs> yeah, he's only been appointed today, but who knows? They, they might throw him out Seriously? the window and say they want hurt. Yeah, you know, they might be sliding doors for a couple of days. Hurdy one day, Brad Scott the next, but. Who knows? Don't forget Motor Classic next weekend as well too, Brett. Yeah, Motor Classic is coming up. Uh, hopefully, we'll be we'll be there. I've sent off the uh, applications for for that. Uh, it's going to be a bit different this year. Uh, I think they're going to. I think there'll be more of an emphasis on uh, on modern classics rather than just just the old. There'll still be all the older cars, but I think they're going to emphasize some of the the modern supercars and you know things like Bugattis and uh, and, and McLarens and those sorts of things. Porsche, Porsche is going to have a big display as well, though, too, with the Porsche will be there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be that. Uh, no, that the um the, the original at the um the, the Carlton the exhibition buildings. Oh. Yeah, which is the house. Richie and coming down and hanging out with us for a little bit with a, for a cuppa. No, maybe not. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can see how you can look at the. I mean, look at the beautiful backdrop he's got there. I mean, look at his beautiful <laughs> house there. That's yeah. You know, I mean, it's lovely. It's immaculate. I mean, they're, they're just they live the they live a, a, a wonderful life over there. But uh, anyway, um, that's uh, that's all we uh, that's all we have time for this week. Thanks for another. Yes, watching Tubi. Yes, Tubi. Yes, I, I think I said last week Tubi. They're different motorsports programs. They're wrestling stuff. They're music stuff. They're Tubi is is worth having a look, and weird, weird, wonderful cult movies as well. So uh, check out Tubi.tv. It's certainly worth uh, certainly worth having a ha- having a, a, a look at. Uh, so anyway, um, that's uh, all we got time for this week on Full Course Yellow. Remember, if you are watching us on the Inpit Lane YouTube channel, please like and subscribe. It's really, really important uh, to keep those uh, algorithms up on YouTube because if you are if people aren't liking and subscribing, YouTube sort of you know forget about you and they don't tell people that you're on and uh, that makes life very difficult for YouTube, us. Brett, don't forget some, uh, to point out to, to some of the people who are already on to it, some of the nostalgia videos that uh, you and, uh, and uh, in, Online Invent have been uh, producing and, and giving us a yeah, well, I haven't been. They're, they're just, you know, they're part of the huge collection that I've got here that I haven't seen for years, and I've forgotten, you know, some of the things. So go to Motorsport Archives Impressive. on YouTube, and uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, uh, that that Roy had himself and uh, other people have sent to him and stuff he shot himself. But also, I mean, the stuff that he's putting out now, most of that is from, from my collection here, and I have boxes and boxes and boxes of the stuff. I mean, Let's there are advantages to being a hoarder. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's more than box, box, box. So bo- we got box, box, box. Yeah, the mini. It's it's abs- it's multiple boxes, Brett. It's, it's many, cool. many, many boxes. Yes, full of full of all sorts of wonderful things. The one thing that is up there on the In Pit Lane YouTube channel are a couple of things. Uh, we have the Le Mans DVD, the Le Mans DVD from two thousand and four, and also the Goodwood Festival of Speed. Um, have a look at the Goodwood Festival of Speed. I'm getting a lot of flack from from English people about that, but uh, you know, well, I I there. because I hated England. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never go back there again. Anyway, but yeah, Goodwood was great. Goodwood was fine. So have a look at Goodwood. Everything else about England sucked big time. But anyway... <laughs> Would never go. I'd rather say it's like, you know, it's the whole country is like sort of a wet weekend in Rosebud with delusions of grandeur. <laughs> and really horrible. They had a massive heat wave this year, mind you. They hit, they hit 40 degrees and they, they let the whole that world know about it. They killed a few of them. They whinged and moaned on the last day because it actually got, we were leaving and they went, you know, oh, it's just as well you're leaving now. It's going to be, going to be, get up to, in, in, could get up to about 25 by Thursday. And it was like, you know, they were talking about it like the world was going to come to an end. It was like, oh, I don't know how we're going to cope with that. And, you know, anyway. Okay, everyone, we'll see you next week. Um, goodbye to all our English friends as well, possibly forever. We'll see you. Uh, <laughs> we'll see the rest of you next week on Full Course Yellow, straight after In Pit Lane on Channel 31 at 9.30 when we'll be previewing uh, Bathurst. Of course, next week we'll have the opening day of practice at Bathurst to talk about, so we'll, no doubt we'll be doing that as well. So catch you next week for Full Course Yellow. Until then, from all of us, we'll see you later. Bye for now. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.